I live in Israel. This season is dedicated to the memory of the 1,400 of my countrymen who were massacred on October 7th, and the 240 people that were kidnapped and are being held hostage by the terrorist organization Hamas. Hopefully they will be returned to their families as soon as possible, and hopefully this terrible war will be able to come to a peaceful end very soon. Welcome to Minute 39 of Season 6 of Movie Around Minute, the daily podcast where we take a Capresque journey through the 1946 classic, It's a Wonderful Life, One Minute at a Time. I'm Rob, and joining me once again today is Richard Kirkham, the current Shepherd of the Lambcast and the owner uh, of the website uh, Kirkham, a movie a day. Welcome back to the show, Richard. This is a very interesting situation here. <laughs> Glad to be with you, Rob. Well, we'll just just pick the one in the middle. <laughs> Glad to have you back, Richard. Minute thirty nine begins with Uncle Billy uh, uh, showing how drunk and ecstatic he is at the same time, and ends with uh, George just uh, taking a puff. So yesterday we basically ended the episode with the, this this huge party uh, going on at the Bailey household, and we we already see that Uncle Billy is completely drunk. So maybe this is like the end of the party. Like it wasn't clear yesterday whether that was the beginning of the party or the end of the party. I guess you know they said everyone go outside and we'll take a picture, and then maybe it's towards the end of the party. I guess. It's definitely the end of the party for Uncle Billy because uh, right. I don't think he's going to be able to stay awake much longer. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> and and uh, you know the the first thing we hear at the beginning of of this minute is you know we we talked yesterday about the the photograph that uh, that that Eustace is taking and we hear him scream out, "Hey Joe!" And I just find it really funny because I have no idea who Joe is. <laughs> we don't know who that character is. We don't know who he's referring to or anything. Just some background character saying, hey, Joe. That's all he says. And then Uncle Billy walks over to George and goes, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. I feel so good. I could spit in Potter's eye. I think I will. I think I will. (laughs) George goes, what would you say, huh? Maybe I'd better go home. Where's my hat? Where's my... And then... uh, So, first of all, you know, I, I just... This is my favorite scene with Uncle Billy. <laughs> you know, because, I mean, Thomas Mitchell does a great job with this character. You know, keeping him someone who we can, you know, feel endearing towards. But we also know the fact that he is just a complete mess. <laughs> yeah. You know, we'll, we'll find out in a few weeks. He even forgets to go to his own nephew's wedding. You know, uh, I, I'm still a little surprised that, well, I mean, we'll talk about it when we get there, but I'm surprised that nobody even reminded him. I don't know? think that he forgot. I, uh, well, that's another episode, another minute. It's okay. You can you can say what you think about it. You don't think he forgot. My, my memory it. was my memory was that he had to keep the office open. No, but he looked at his he looked at his fingers because he had tied a string there. But but you're right. We'll get we'll get there in a few weeks. <laughs> and. Um, 
you know, so the, the whole idea here is, is that, that we can see that alcohol fix, uh, affects Uncle Billy in, in some, some strange ways. Well, you know what? I, that is true. But there's a little bit of foreshadowing going on here because it's not just the alcohol. It's the it's his ebullient attitude. Here he is celebrating the marriage of his nephew. He's so happy that uh, Ruth and Harry have gotten together. He's he could you know the drinking thing helps it. They could spit in his eye. You know, not to step on your episode several weeks from now, but uh, it's the same kind of attitude he has when he in loses the track of. Of the of the money in the bank, you know, sure. and uh, here he loses track of his hat. He loses track of which way he's going. He trips over the uh, trash can. It's just uh, what we assume is a trash can. It's it's we get to know that Uncle Billy can be easily distracted by the good things that are going on in the world and also by alcohol. Yes, that's true. Um, again, I mean, he the you know, the. The the fact that uh, he's he's hallucinating means that he drunk a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, there's 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 no question about that. He's definitely inebriated. Yes, that is very true. And you know, the George just like laughs the whole time as this whole conversation is going on. You know, and I I wonder if it's just that he's so happy to see his uncle in a state of. Uh, uh, I, I don't know if it's if it's euphoria, but but he sees him, you know, he's not he's not uh, downtrodden. He's very happy and and you know about things that are going on, and I, yeah. I think that that pleases him, which which goes back to George's nature, you know. George wants to help others, so if he sees, you know, how how happy his uncle is, so that's good too. It is. You know, from, another, from, and, and it sets up another one of those dramatic moments later on when, you know, George kind of turns on Billy. You know, it's like you say, oh, how could this possibly happen? They had such a good connection and relationship. And George was always happy that Uncle ba- Billy was, you know, maybe a little scattered and he was bemused by that. And suddenly it's not amusing anymore. You know, but that's like I said, down the road. Okay, but that's also out of despair. Oh, yeah. No, obviously. So it it sort of uh, makes sense at that point. Yeah. Well, George has a lot of moments of despair, but this is not one of them until, you know, he starts thinking about things a little bit. And uh, and Uncle Billy uh, has moments. uh, I don't know if he's uh, bipolar, but he's got moments where he is really up and then also moments where he's really down correct that, that's very true of course, that, of course that's their life <laughs> correct and isn't it a wonderful way <laughs> it is it is you know and i i mean i i love the fact that that uh you know we we i know that later in the movie as you mentioned we'll, we'll see him in a similar type of situation but i mean the alcohol has really given him courage you know, the fact that he's talking here about the fact of that he's going to go spit in Potter's eye, you know, and that's what he really wants to do. I mean, they, they you know, the, the claim that when someone is inebriated, their true self comes out, you know, because well, you no li- longer. Liquid courage is the old phrase. Correct. You know, where, where the idea is, is that that uh, something that, that, 
that that you're holding yourself back from when you're inebriated you can't hold yourself back anymore you know that type of thing so i mean it's 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 nice to hear that that's what uh you know that's what he wants to do whether he actually will do it or not is a separate issue you know i you know i i, I would actually be interested in seeing a fight like that between uncle billy and uh and and uh mr potter <laughs> Well, I think Uncle Billy could dance around Potter and uh, land a few shots. <laughs> Potter would have a hard time responding. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm still a firm believer that that Potter is faking the fact that he's that he's crippled. That's what I think here. Oh, you know, because because okay. as I mentioned, you know, last year on 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 the uh, the the movie movie of the month episode about about this movie on the the Lambcast. You know, there's just no explanation as to how Mr. Potter gets to the second floor if he's in a wheelchair. You know, things were not wheelchair access, uh, 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 you know, accessible Accessible. back then. So it it makes me wonder. (laughs) Not not so much to the point, but it's just a a fun thing to think about. You know, like, uh, how is it possible that he gets to the So I I always have this in my mind, and I've said this numerous times over the course of the last few weeks, but... But uh, you know, it's it's it reminds me of. Uh, you, I'm assuming you've seen the movie Chaplin with Robert Downey Jr. It's been a long time. Okay, so there there's a scene there where they're trying to to get the the great dictator uh, edited, and they're they're in disguise and they're they're you know they they show this particular uh, scene in double speed, or it might even be more than double speed. Where but uh, basically you you have uh chaplain you know dressed up as a woman in a wheelchair and they they like rush around the the whole area you know trying to make sure that nobody knows who it really is and they they get to a certain point where there's a step up so you see that he just like stands up and then it steps up and then lifts up the wheelchair you know to to get there so i think of of mr potter that way you know that that you know he gets he gets to the end of the steps looks looks both ways nobody's looking gets up from there you know, he and his his uh, servant, uh, you know, take the chair up a few steps. They put it back down. He sits back down, puts the the um, the blanket back over his legs, and continues with his day. You know, <laughs> so who knows? <laughs> I guess we're we're just gonna have to wait and see. Uh, actually, we'll never know if if he really was or isn't. But. Uh, I'm not going to let it keep me up at night. No, it doesn't keep me up at night because I, I find it funny. You know, it's not something that I, I found a solution. So I'm not trying to, I don't have to keep step at night trying to think of a solution. My solution is he's thinking it. Okay, there you go. <laughs> and so, um, you know, Uncle Billy asks for his hat and George is just still laughing because Uncle Billy has a hat on his head. He pulls it off his head and shows it to him. And like I love how he flips it over, and then Uncle Billy looks at it and goes, "Which one's mine?" <laughs> so he goes, "The one in the middle." <laughs> That's right. He goes, "Oh, thank you, George. Oh boy, now look, now if you just point me in the right direction, would you do that, George? Right down here, old building and loan pal. Now you just turn this way and then right straight down there. Oh, that way, huh?" And he starts, uh, you know, walking toward towards the left, and we hear him uh, sing the the song "My Wild Irish Rose," and then we hear a crashing sound, 
which which is hilarious, the, the whole thing. And then we hear Billy scream, I'm all right, I'm all right. And then he continues singing. And that's the way the, the, the that's the, the end of the dialogue for, for this minute. Now, do you know the, the little anecdote about the, the trash cans? Do you know the, the what happened when they were filming this? No. No. Okay, so that is not in the script. Okay. Oh, okay. The the idea is, is that he points Uncle Billy in the right way and Uncle Billy leaves. Now, apparently, as he's uh, a, as they were filming this, when he was walking, you know, off off camera, so a crew member that dropped a large tray of props, and uh, you know, we we see that that uh, Jimmy Stewart starts laughing, and then uh, you know, uh, Thomas Mitchell just improvised the line, I'm all right, I'm okay. <laughs> and Capra ended up deciding to use this in the... Uh, they kept uh, That's right, to use this in the final cut. And the stagehand that dropped things got a, uh, a bonus because he was able to improve the sound of that scene. So I've, I've always loved that anecdote, you know, but the fact that this was not something that was planned, but it, it worked so perfectly. It does. Timing is fortuitous. That's true. And, you know, then basically Uncle Billy has, has uh, you know, uh, has left. He's on, he says he's all right. And then George is just smiling and looking again as what I just read, to, read, read from IMDb. You know, Jimmy Stewart actually was laughing at this whole thing because of the fact that it was not something that was meant to be. In, in the plot. And we see in the background uh, Ruth talking with uh, Ma Bailey. Uh, we see them through the screen door. And then the, the shot changes and we're, we're now back inside of the house. And we see the two of them talking and, and Harry has joined them. We, we can't hear what they're saying. We just see that they're, you know, that they're, they're getting along well. You know, laughing, enjoying, enjoying their party. And then George, uh, you know, just still stays outside, lights up a cigarette. And it's great how he walks towards the camera, you know, as he's just puffing. And uh, I mean, there's there's a lot of smoke. Definitely. Is this the only time that we see them him smoking in the movie? I, I believe so. I know up until now we haven't seen him smoke. I believe this is the only the only place where we see him smoke. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. And, and I also love the fact that he, he lights up the cigarette and then just throws the, the match on the ground. You know, I don't know what else he's going to do with it, but he just takes it and, you know, this is his his family's lawn. You know, he's basically just uh, throwing it, you know. Well, based on all of the old movies I've seen, that's what everybody does. Yeah. <laughs> Which basically means that there's probably tons and tons of, of – uh, you know, burnt, Matchsticks, burnt matches <laughs> sitting around, uh, yeah. you know, on all these Hollywood sets, because if that's what everyone did. So, OK. So, yeah. And, you know, he again, I, I like the fact that we see him in the in the foreground contemplating what he's going to do, even though we know what he's going to do. But in the background, we see Ma Bailey hitting it off with Ruth and and Harry. You know, which from that perspective, it tells us that, that uh, you know, she's very pleased about the situation 
so far. You know, uh, it's only, it's probably only been a few hours since she met her new daughter-in-law. You know, give her time. (laughs) (laughs) That's a cheerful thought. Yes, of course. (laughs) Well, again, you know, it's, it's, it's a big surprise for everybody. So, but, but again, I like the, the way that the shot is, is placed because it's basically right over his shoulder. You know, right over George's shoulder, we see the three of them in the background discussing something. So you can infer from that. I mean, it's not what's really happening, but you can infer from that, you know, that he has this weight on his shoulder about Harry and Ruth. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, I guess it's another time when a director is telling us something just by how he sets up the shot, as opposed to, you know, having to spell things out. As the old saying goes, it's showing, not telling. That's right. That's right. You're telling me nothing, but you're showing me everything. Do you know what movie that's from? That sounds like it's, uh, you know what? I, I'm getting a feeling of. Oh, I, you know what? I know it. it it's it's not sitting at the, oh, uh, The character who says it is is uh, is Christopher it. Walken. Oh, then that, that's not the one that I'm thinking of. It's not the one. Uh-huh. It'll come to me in a minute, and I'll I'll pop in later. <laughs> okay. Oh, I it's the Princess Bride is what I'm thinking. The scene where Vincini and uh, the Man in Black are having their duel. Mm. And Vincini uh, says, "You know, I, you show me everything. I already know. You know, he knows. He knows which one has the iocane powder in it. You know, that's right. that's the scene that popped into my head, and I was trying to remember. Obviously, you've got uh, Christopher Walken, and I know Christopher Walken's not in the Princess Bride. So, what's that movie? Okay, no. What so what Vincini says is, you're trying to trick me. Oh, sorry, the Man in Black says you're trying to trick me to, to give me away something. It won't work. And he goes, it has worked." You've given everything away. I know where the poison is and make your choice. I will. And I choose what in the world can that be? You know, that that's the quote from there. So the one I was thinking of that I wanted to mention was Christopher Walken in the movie True Romance, which was uh, written by uh, Tarantino. This was actually the movie, the script that he sold in order to pay for uh, making Reservoir Dogs. Have you ever seen True Romance? Yes. I have. Right. But so it's been a while. You right. Know, so basically I think I've only seen it once or twice. Mm-hmm. So so basically Christopher Walken is plays a uh, mafia guy and his goons are around there and they're they're uh, interrogating Dennis Hopper's character. And what he basically says to him is uh now what we got here is a little game of show and tell. You don't want to show me nothing, but you're telling me everything. I know you know where they are. So tell me before I do some damage, you won't walk away from. It. You know, so that that that's the quote that uh, that I always think of when I think of uh, tell. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and then in uh, what one of the things I also found very interesting here is you know there's there's a, a screen door here. So do you know the the history of screen doors? 
Oh, no, I don't know the history of screen doors. <laughs> no. Right. So, well, do you know another name for a uh, screen door? I just know that you're not supposed to let it slap you in the ass on the way out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it, it could, it's sometimes referred to as a storm door or a hinged screen door. And the, the whole idea is that it, it it's a door that covers an exterior door. Um, sometimes you can use it with sliding glass and things like that. But the whole idea is, is that there, there's a screen mesh in order to block birds, insects, or any type of other airborne debris, such as leaves or seeds, from entering uh, you know, the premises. And uh, but it still allows for air and light and uh, people to be able to see out and stuff like that. Uh, basically, they started making them uh, after the uh, U.S. Civil War, and usually they 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 have like a a metal type of frame with uh, some some sort of uh, netting, you know, in the in the middle in order to you know keep out. All of these things that uh, that I just mentioned before. So no, because like it, sometimes you see something in a movie and you think to yourself, you know, did they have this back in 1932? But so apparently they did. <laughs> yeah, well, I think screen doors have been around for a long time. I never looked at the history of the screen door. I don't live in a part of the world where people are unfamiliar with what screen doors are. So I. Hadn't thought about uh, when they originated, but obviously, right. I think your function is pretty straightforward. Yeah, of course. It makes sense. And uh, basically, George is just standing there once again, contemplating uh, what he's going to do, how he's going to do it. You know, he's, he's, uh, he's definitely deep in thought as he's uh, smoking like a chimney. So, Richard, do you have anything else you want to say about the seen in this minute no okay all right so thursday's segment is uh, jimmy stewart thursday where my guest will give uh, their top five uh, jimmy stewart performances so richard why don't you start with your number five and work your way up okay i'm gonna do that but i'm gonna ask you a question first uh what's the most unique Jimmy Stewart performance you've had mentioned so far? Because I would imagine most of these are going to be very similar to one another, but I'm wondering if there are some outliers, because I've got one outlier on my list, and I'm wondering if anybody else has had it. Someone mentioned, someone used uh, American Tale, Five O Goes West. That's an outlier for sure. <laughs> okay. Uh, Winchester 73 is on that list also. That's pretty standard. Most of, most of the choices are, are the standard ones. Okay. Yeah, as as are mine. Uh, my number five, though, is an outlier, and there are a couple of reasons that I've included it. Uh, one is that it's one of his last film roles on screen where he is the lead in a picture, and the other, of course, is that he co-stars with Strother Martin in the picture, and that's the film Fool's Parade. Yeah, that is which, not – no one has used that here. There you are. And uh, Fool's Parade is a story. It's set in the Depression era also. So it's this time period. And Jimmy Stewart and uh, Strother Martin and Kurt Russell, a very young Kurt Russell, 
are uh, prisoners who have recently been paroled. And Jimmy Stewart's character has managed to accumulate some money by saving the earnings that he got while he was in prison. He was in prison a long time, and there was a savings program that was designed as an incentive. for. And he's got a big chunk of money, and they're planning on opening a, a grocery store, the three of them. Uh, but, of course, there are bankers who don't want to pay out the money. There are uh, corrupt sheriffs who want to have access to the money themselves. There are lots of obstacles standing in front of them. And Jimmy Stewart is uh, this one-eyed murderer who you know, killed somebody uh, using dynamite years before. And uh, he has, like I said, he's older. He's a little uh, aggressive in the, in the film role. He's not really the, you know, although he's a good person in the long run, he is somebody who is capable of violence. And he, he's got one scene where he, pops out his fake eye and holds it up. You know, if your left eye offend thee, then pluck it out. And he threatens people who are, you know, trying to rob the train that he's on at that moment. And I, I thought that was kind of a clever scene. Uh, and of course, it's co-stars Strother Martin and Kurt Russell, two of my favorite actors. Oh, wow. Well, you're, you're related to Strother Martin, aren't you? Yeah, well, he was my mom's cousin, and uh, he's the focus of one of my uh, projects. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm trying to do a post on all of his... Uh, films. I don't think I could ever find all of the TV shows he was in. He was literally in hundreds of things that s sometimes his name was, you know, he wasn't even included in, in the uh, credits. Uh, but the, there are about 50 HD films that he was in, and oh, I've wow. gotten to most of the major ones. I've got a few more that I got to, I'm going to get to. Okay, but, you have uh, time is, to this keep one. going through them. <laughs> I keep, uh, keep your fingers crossed that I have time. I hope to. I hope to. And then number four would be the Philadelphia story, which, of course, is the one that he won his Academy Award for. Uh, he co-stars with, with Cary Grant and uh, Catherine Hepburn in that film. And it's uh, it's a lot of fun. He's very funny in the movie. Uh, number three is The Shop Around the Corner, which is one of my favorite holiday films. I always like to watch it at Christmas time. I, I think it's yeah. a very sweet story about a love affair between two people who never really meet until the very end of the movie, although they do meet, but they don't know the other person. You know, it's like they're pen pals. And anybody who has seen You've Got Mail, uh, the shop around the corner is the inspiration for that story. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I did include It's a Wonderful Life in the performances here, so that would be my number two. I think this is a terrific performance. He you know, goes from being a young man to an older man. Uh, obviously, he goes from uh, you know a, a, a thoughtful caring person to one who's very desperate to one who is happy to be alive and glad to celebrate it. And of course there's a great uh, romance in the story as well with Donna Reed. I think that this is really good. And then uh, my top uh, Jimmy Stewart performance would be Mr. Smith goes to Washington, which is a political story. I think I mentioned it on an earlier show mm -hmm. uh, that we did. It, it also co-stars uh, Claude Rains, one of my favorite character actors from the 1930s. Uh, he was in other films too later on, but uh, you know, he, he, I was recently talking about Claude Rains in The Invisible Man on uh, the Lamb cast, and uh, it's a, a pleasure to talk about him here again. And of course, uh, I think we mentioned the other character actor, uh, Edward Arnold, uh, I think he's also got a similar villainous role like he had in uh, um, Meet John, John Doe, Doe. In, yeah. in, in this particular film. Oh, wow. Okay. Great list. Thank you very much for that, Richard. So do you want to 
do you want to once again tell people uh, where they can find Richard uh, Kirkham? Uh, I'm easy to locate. It's KirkhamAMovieAday.com on uh, the WordPress site, KirkhamClass.blogspot.com on the blogger site. Uh, and any time you just do a search for Kirkham a movie a day, my sites will come up. I'm also on the Lambcast on a weekly basis. The Lambcast is the official podcast of the Large Association of Movie Blogs, and you can find us at largeassmovieblogs.com. All right, and finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for Movie Rob Minute. You can find me on Twitter, you can find me on Facebook, and you can find me on my website, moviebrobminute.com. So, Richard, do you feel like coming back in tomorrow to finish off the week? I'm not going to miss the last opportunity of the week. Uh, of course, I'll be uh, back. All right. So until tomorrow, hot dog. Hot dog. I love you truly, truly, dear. Life with its sorrow, life with its tears. 